This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Good morning again. How's everybody doing today? Doing great. Well, we kicked off a new uh, series last week called See and Speak, and this series uh, to launch the new year is all about uh, prayer, spending time in our relationship with God. And, you know, the vitality of any relationship that we would have is all about the communication, the quality of that communication, and that's the way we need to see the idea of prayer as it relates to our relationship with God. It is this dialogue that we're having with God, not a monologue. Not just us speaking to God only, but also God responding back to us and um, us understanding the will and the nature of God. So, and then beginning of last week, I mentioned about fasting. I know everybody was excited uh, to hear about fasting. And I'm just going to encourage you again, if you were not here last week, um, Jesus talks about fasting in Matthew chapter 6. You know, fasting is actually all through the scriptures. And if you Google fasting, the idea of fasting. There's actually a lot of health benefits as it relates to fasting. So I just want to encourage you to get again in January, spend a little time fasting. (laughs) In other words, uh, intake less food and uh, so that you can be more focused on spiritual things that, you know, there's, there's spiritual food and then there's natural food. We need natural food to live. And I'm not you know, saying never eat again for the rest of your life. That's not what I'm suggesting. But we we can, especially after December, all the feasting that we have done, that we can maybe go a day without eating. Now, after I suggested fasting, did anybody do any some sort of fasting in the last week? All right, that's great. So for the rest of you, let me, let's, let's just encourage you today a little bit, all right? Uh, and there's, there's different types of fasting. Like I said, if we don't eat, we want to make sure that we intake liquids as well, so we want to be safe. If you have doctor's instructions that somehow you have to eat three meals a day, listen to your doctor, don't listen to me. But there is actually health benefits to fasting, so we can maybe not eat for a day or a couple of days, um, so that we could focus on the things of God, or maybe we would eliminate certain specific things from of our diet, maybe sugar or something else that may be detrimental to our health. We could, you know, if you're, do we have any chocolate chip cookie fans out there? You know, to me, it's the greatest cookie ever created, the chocolate chip cookie. But if we, if we are all about the chocolate chip cookie, maybe we could fast a chocolate chip cookie in our lives for the month of January. Or we could do uh, maybe fasting of meals, like Set aside, you know, we're not going to eat dinner. And this is something I mentioned to you last week. This is something that I do on a regular basis. Just I'm not going to eat dinner today. And then, you know, once again, once you do these things, you'll realize how much your body is controlling you and how uh, the cravings of your body are a real thing. But we don't want our bodies to control our lives. We want our spirits to control our lives. And this is what fasting is all about. And then also something that we all can do is this idea of a soul detox that we would set aside maybe social media or Netflix or maybe some TV watching or some internet time uh, so that we could focus on the things of God. And these are all specific things to our lives, where we're at right now in our lives. Um, take the month of January to do some sort of fast, fasting so we can set our sails for an amazing 2019. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. 
So chance it this week, people. Just chance it. All right? And you'll see how great it is. So let's turn our Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 6. And we are talking about this idea of prayer in this series. And not just prayer, but once again predicated on this idea. We're going to see something uh, before we speak something in prayer. Now, Diana actually read a scripture this morning about um, see. The scripture started out, see, see this great love of God. And that's such a great idea as we think about the idea of prayer. Not just here's my laundry list of things. That I would actually see something before I pray something. I would see something about my life. I would see something about um, the, an expectation that I would have in 2019. I, I would see something about the changes that God wants to make in me in 2019. And then, according to that verse Diana read today, which is great for us as it relates to prayer, I need to see something about God. I need to see that God loves me and cares about me so that when I'm praying, I have this great understanding that I'm having this wonderful discourse with God. I'm having this discussion with God in my prayer time. Matthew chapter 6 verse 10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is our desire for all prayer. We want the kingdom of God to come. And once again, these, this, these words that Jesus is, is telling us is not just a recitation of the words. It, it's just to understand the principle. And implicit in what he's saying is that everything that's happening in our lives is not from the will of God. Because if everything that was going on in our lives was the will of God, we wouldn't need to pray. And we wouldn't need to pray this specifically. So all of us, in, in varying measures, because we live in a broken world and sometimes we make silly decisions, can I get an amen? And so if I make a silly decision, that means my kingdom come. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, here's the thing that I chose and then it didn't work out so well. Has anyone ever made some of those decisions? I, my kingdom come and then when I, when I want my kingdom to come, ugh, it didn't work out so well. So everything that we experience in life is not from the kingdom of God, but Jesus is asking us to pray for this, to ask for this, to desire this, to want this for our lives. God, I want your kingdom to come. And this is our desire for all prayer. We want the will of God. We want the will of God in every aspect of life. So we started out last week, and if you missed the message, uh, we just talked about this idea, the spirit of seeing and knowing, and then we talked about that all prayer starts with worship, being aware of who God is, magnifying God. So if you missed that message, you can uh, catch up online um, through our website, through the podcast, and also through our church app. So let's continue on today. So let's turn over to Luke chapter 11. And we're going to see here um, in Luke chapter 11 that the disciples actually asked Jesus to help them to understand about prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. We're going to read here in a second. And what we're going to read here um, is a little bit and what we're going to see before we pray is what attitude does God want us to bring into prayer? How are we supposed to pray? How are we supposed to come into prayer? Now, are we supposed to, you know, whip our backs? Find a whip 
and then whip our backs and, you know, hurt ourselves. And if we hurt ourselves enough, then we will qualify to go into prayer. Or maybe we can find a, a, a tall, um, a, a set of stairs somewhere that, you know, has hundreds of stairs. And if we walk up those stairs on our knees, then maybe we can pray. Is this how God wants us to come into prayer? Because I think this is a, a, an attitude that a lot of people have. I have to kind of hurt myself or I got to put myself down uh, to be able to pray. And so Jesus helps us with some great insight about how God actually wants us to approach him in prayer. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he when he finished, one of his disciples said, to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Then he said to them, when you pray... Say, Father, we talked about this, and this is Luke's version of what also we see in Matthew chapter 6. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Verse 3, give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Now, these are all elements of prayer, and once again, not for us just to repeat these words blindly, but that we would understand that worship is a part of prayer. Uh, desi- desiring from God what I need today is a part of prayer. Forgiveness is a part of prayer. Um, that I would go into the presence of God and realizing if I'm holding something against somebody else, when I go to God, the one who's forgiven me, we should remember, oh yeah, I, I need to forgive others. And then I need forgiveness myself. Lead us not into temptation. I don't want to be sending my life into temptation, but I want to be sending my life into the will of God, desiring the will of God. Verse 5, this is the part we're going to focus on this morning. And he said to them, so he said, Lord, uh, disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And then so he gave those elements of prayer. And then he's going to tell us a story that should help us to understand the attitude that we bring into prayer, which is also very important, not just what to pray for. Those are important things. And we're going to continue to talk about those things. But what is the attitude that I should bring into prayer? And he said to them, which of you has a friend? I love this portion of scripture. Which of you has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey And I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are in bed with me. I can, I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. So Jesus tells us this story. He makes up a story about three friends to help us to understand about prayer. Now, in this story with these friends, here's the situation that has gone on. So you, let's say you have somebody show up. You have a friend show up from out of town. And they come from out of town. And you didn't expect them. And for some reason, you know, you don't have any food in the house. And there's no 24-hour store available for you to go to at this time. And so you've got nothing to eat. And so you think to yourself, you know what? I am going to go to so-and-so's house, a friend of yours, to borrow some food to feed your friend who's there from out of town. 
And so the story continues. This person, uh, this person who has this guest show up at their house, you know, got this person. I can't feed them. I'm going to go to my friend's house. So they go to the person's house late at night and they knock on the door. And your friend from inside the house says, what are you doing at my house? Go away. And you, for some reason, you know where you got that, you know, that doorbell where you can see who it is, right? And you, the, the doorbell rings and you're like, what is that idiot doing at my front door? It's midnight. So he comes down and he says, you know, what are you doing? It's like, so you show up at the door and you're like, the person from the other side of the door yells, you know, so-and-so came from out of town. Do you have any food that you could lend me? And you're inside the house and you're like, I can't believe this person has the audacity to show up at my house. And the scripture says, not because he's his friend will he open the door and give him some food. But the, the ESV uses this word because of his impudence. Now, impudence, when I was a child, was not a good word. My dad would tell me, don't be impudent. In other words, don't talk back. And it was an attitude that I might have had as a child that I never display as an adult. Now, this word impudent is translated actually different ways in different translations. In the King James, the translation is importunity. And it's actually two words in the Greek, and it's these two words, without shame. And the whole story that Jesus is talking to us or communicating to us about prayer hangs on this word because of his impudence, his importunity, because he came without any shame. Now, d- depending on what, if you grew up in church or, or a religious tradition, religion is all about shame. It's all about making you feel bad for who you are and all of the things that you've done wrong and putting you down and going through a bunch of, you know, exercises to tell you how bad of a person you really are. But Jesus is telling us about prayer that when we come to God, so this is the story, really the story is about God is on the other side of the door. And the reason that God would open the door is that we came without shame. We came like a child. See, if you, if you have young children, your young children do not come to you and whip themselves and then ask for something. They don't come to you and say, hey, mom and dad, I just want you to know I crawled here on my hands and knees. No, what do they do? They come without shame. And they ask shamelessly for things. Can I have the keys to the car? You provide no money for this household. Do you know how much this car costs? Do you, are you going to put gas in the car? Are you going to pay for the insurance? The answer to all of those questions is no. But they come without shame still. And they say, can I have the keys to the car? And you look at them. You'd be like, here you go. Why? Because they came without shame. And this is what God wants us to do. This is the attitude that God wants us to carry into prayer. I'm not coming with shame. I'm coming to my father. 
I'm coming to somebody who loves me. I'm coming to somebody who cares about me. So I don't have to come with my head down. I can come with my head held high. Why? Because I need help from my father. I need help from God. So what am I doing? I'm coming without shame. Not coming with my head down. I'm not coming recounting all of my mistakes, all of the things that I've done wrong in life. No, I'm coming without shame to my Father. And Jesus wants us to come that way. And then he continues. And I tell you, verse 9, ask... And it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you? Parents, this is the question for you to think about. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? And what's the answer to that question? No parent in their right mind does that. So here's great insight into the character and nature of God. If we're praying and asking something uh, from the goodness of God and then something else, negative, destructive, shows up in our lives, it didn't come from God. Such a simple and good revelation doesn't come from God when you ask for this and the opposite negative shows up. God is not giving it to you to teach you something. He's not involved in it. God is good. We experience these negative things in life because as I've told you many times, we live in a broken world. People make stupid decisions. You and I make stupid decisions. But it doesn't come from the heart of God. It doesn't come from the hand of God. Jesus is teaching us about prayer. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a serpent, something that will hurt him? No father does that. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil or natural or carnal, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So in this whole story and in this section after the story, Jesus is teaching us about prayer. Teaching us about, yes, we need to pray and ask for these things, but then He teaches us about an attitude with the story. And then after the story, he teaches us something else. And he uses these words, ask, and then it will be given. Then he says, seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. Now, when we think about prayer, sometimes we limit it to just the words that I'm saying to God, the things that I'm asking for. But Jesus is telling us with these other words that it's a whole life disposition. It's a whole desiring of the will of God. It's, it's a wanting the will of God. And what are we going to do? We're going to ask for it. And then we're going to seek after it. And then we're going to knock on the door. Now, when we are asking for something, we're desiring the will of God. We're wanting the will of God. And then what happens? The Lord gives us his will. And that will can be received many different ways. It can be received through wisdom. I'm asking for this, and so what does God give me? God gives me the wisdom, the way to do the thing that I want to experience. He's going to give me an answer. How many of you know that's great? 
the wisdom of God is better than my wisdom. So I'm asking for something from God and he's going to give it to me according to the will of God. I'm going to seek after something. I'm seeking after knowledge. There's more to be known. There's more to understand about life. There's more to understand about God. And I'm going to seek after those things. And what's going to happen? I'm going to find them. See, this is a whole life disposition. Life Prayer is a life disposition. It's not just something I do in the morning or late at night or at church. It's like it's, it's a constant thing. I'm asking and then I'm seeking. And then what else? I'm going to knock. And then what's going to happen? The door that I knock on. It's going to be open to me. Uh, opportunities in life are like this. And, and sort of the next step uh, for my life, what am I going to do? I got I to knock on the door. Right? I got to be moving in that direction. It's not just, I, I'm praying for it, yes, but then I'm moving towards something. And there's a door there. And on the other side of the door... Is the thing that I need to get to. Is the thing that God has for me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to knock on the door. He wants me to knock on the door. Have you ever sometimes felt like you've been knocking on the door for a couple of years? So what does he want us to do? He wants us to keep knocking on the door. Because this is what opportunities are like. See, sometimes we, we, we see the will of God and we're aware of the will of God. So we move in that direction and then we, we stand on the other side of that door and we're knocking. It's, it's our opportunity. It's on the other side of this door is the will of God for my life. So what do we do? We, we stand there and we knock. And then the scripture says, and it will be opened. It doesn't give us a timeline. See, our struggle is always timelines. Because our timeline is everything now, right? We want everything right now. But God wants us to continue to ask and he wants us to continue to seek and he wants us to continue to knock. Because there's hindrances in this life. There's things that will slow us down in this life. And so that's why God wants us to continue to pray. Continue to ask. Because we struggle understanding about the timing. But the timing is in God's hands. We will leave the timing in God's hands. What is our part? Well, I'm going to ask. And I'm going to seek and I'm going to knock. And that's what I am going to continue to do. We'll just leave the timing in God's hands. Are you with me this morning? Our struggle, our, our, our constant struggle as humans is the measure of time. See, but God stands outside of time. Let me give you this example. Let's say there was no um, arbitrary choice about when is the proper age for kids to drive. In our nation, we have chosen 16. I'm not sure that's a good age, but that's another discussion. But I think we could all agree that a three-year-old is not capable of operating a vehicle properly, right? For many different reasons. I hope, I'm hopeful we all agree on that. So let's say your three-year-old comes to you and asks for a car. What, 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 is the, what is the problem with that situation? Is that you don't love them? It, it, that, that you don't give them the car? Are you with me this morning? It's like, no, I'm not going to give you that car right now. But I want the car right now. I want it right now. 
yeah, but you don't need this car right now. You act, you think you want this car right now, but I know if I give you this car right now, what's going to happen? It's just not the right time. It's not the right time. And this is what we have to trust God for, the right time. But what are we going to do? We're just going to keep asking. We're going to keep seeking after the will of God. We're going to keep knocking. Our, our part is the trusting and the asking part. God's part is the timing part. And the other part that I would say about knocking, that it would be opened. I, I, I want to ask you a question about you. Who could you be in 2019? You know who you were in 2018. You know what your attitudes were. You know how you acted. You know what you said. But who could you be in 2019? Are you knocking on that door? What could you do in 2019 with the help of God? What could you accomplish? How good a husband could you be in 2019? How good a wife could you be in 2019? How good of a child could you be in 2019? How good of a boss or an employee or, or, or a manager or whatever your state in life is? How good could you be in 2019? Are you knocking on that door? Or are you just be like tired of knocking? I'm just going to maintain the status quo. Now, God wants us to continue to knock because there's more. Do you understand? There's more. I don't know how else to say that, but there is more for you in every aspect of life. And it comes from the will of God. How much more can God do in our lives? Based on our expectations, based on our knocking and our seeking, who could we be? What could we do? What could we accomplish? Let's continue to ask and seek and knock. Luke chapter 18. Let's turn over there. So God wants us to be bold in prayer. He wants us to come without shame and then he doesn't want us to quit. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And he told them a parable. He's going to tell them another story. To the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Always to pray and not lose heart or not give up. Why? Because our tendency is to give up. Once again, let's go back to the, the, the child analogy. The three-year-old child wanting a car in Canada... How long will that wait be for that child? 13 years. Now that child shouldn't lose heart. Because one day they're going to get to drive that car. One day the dad will say, here's the keys to the car. But that's just an example that, hey, sometimes we can, we can want to give up. We're asking and we're seeking and we're knocking on something that we know is the will of God for our lives, something that we, we feel like that's just, this is a part of who I am. This is just a dream. I know this is a dream. You can't talk me out of it. God has given me this dream. Jesus said, I'm going I'm to tell you a story so you don't stop praying. 
Verse 2, he said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man, and there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. Verse 3, what did it say? Kept coming. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. So that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. The Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not give, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? On the earth. So he tells us a story so we won't stop coming. We're gonna, pers- we're gonna persist in prayer. He wants us to persist in prayer and not give up, not lose heart. And at the end of the story, we see that God is not like the unjust judge. He's not bothered, he's not bothered that we keep coming. He wants us to keep coming. He wants us to keep asking. Now listen, specifically in the areas that relate to someone else's will, you need to keep coming. For example, a child that's not serving God. What do we do? We keep praying. Why? Because God goes to them. This is in simplest terms. This is what happens. God goes to them and they say no. That's what happens. Just like you did. For a while, however long that while was, right? Anyone want to admit that today in church? God came to you and he bothered you and he showed up with his love and he showed up with his goodness. He showed up in a preacher or something, showed up in a friend. And you're like, no, not now. I got other stuff to do. I got to be me for a while, you know? And then at the end of me, you're like, this isn't working. Thank God that my mama kept praying for me. Anything that relates to somebody else's will, you have to keep praying because why? God goes to them and they can make a choice just like you can. That's why we keep praying for people. Every day, we don't stop. We keep asking. We keep knocking. Why? Because God goes to them. God hears our prayer. So we keep praying and we keep asking. Well, it's been a year, but we keep praying and we keep asking. God, Jesus told us this story so we would keep praying and we wouldn't lose heart. What are these two elements of prayer that we see where I'm going to be bold to ask and then I'm not going to quit. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to trust in God's timing and I'm going to trust that God is dealing with their heart. He's dealing with their heart. I'm praying and asking. God, I pray that you show up to them in the nighttime and they wake up thinking about you. I pray that you do it, Lord. I pray that that they think about your goodness. What does he do? He, He goes to them with his love and his goodness. And 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 then what what's taking so long? It's taking so long because they say no. Just like you did. For your amount of time, however long that was. 
Do you know, have you ever heard stories about for a lifetime people said no, and then on their deathbed, what do they do? They said yes. Now, it's a sad thing in one sense that they, they said no to the love of God their whole life, but praise God, in the end, they said yes. Thank God somebody was praying for them. What about us? Are we just going to keep praying or are we going to give up? We're just going to lose heart because we don't see somebody make a choice that we want them to make. No, we're going to keep coming. We're going to be bold. We're going to get right up in God's face because he told us to come with impudence. He told us to come without shame. God, I'm asking you for this. I'm asking you for this. I see this thing in my heart. I know that you want them to follow you, so I keep coming, God. He wants us to be bold, and he wants us to persist. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let your requests be made. Don't be afraid. Ask God. Well, I'm not going to let fear dominate my life. I'm going to be asking God for the things that I see. Well, this, this isn't working out. Well, you could be afraid in that moment, or instead, which we should do, we should pray. I'm going to be bold to come to God because he told me to come, and then I'm going to persist. I'm going to persist. The building that we're sitting in today, just telling you, is because somebody persisted. Somebody did not give up. It's my dad. I'm just letting you know. Just in case you didn't know. Somebody didn't give up. It's easy to give up when it doesn't look good. And it's easy to keep going when everything is great. But it's the time when it doesn't look good. That's when you need to persist. And that's when you need to keep praying. In the middle of contradictory circumstances. In the middle of a no in the middle of it doesn't look like there's any hope, what am I going to do? I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to always pray. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now it doesn't say for all circumstances because all circumstances don't come from God. So important. But in, in the midst of all circumstances, what should we be doing? Giving thanks. Giving thanks in. In the good times, in the difficult times, in the really bad times, in the middle of those circumstances, I'm going to be giving thanks to God. Why? Because the story is not over yet. The story is not, your story is not done yet. The final chapter has not been written their final chapter has not written, has, has not been written. The, your circumstances that you're in right now, it's not the final chapter. It's not the final word. So in that, we're going to be giving thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The will of God for you is in the middle of every circumstance. Mountain high or valley low. Whatever the ranger is today, God's will for you is to keep thanking God. 
think, thanking God for that he is going to continue to deal with their hearts. That God is going to continually draw them to himself. And God is continually working on your circumstances. So what are we going to do? I am going to stand at the door and I'm going to knock. I'm just going to stand there. Year one, year two, year three, year four. I'm going to seek after the will of God. I'm going to keep moving towards the will of God. I'm not going to stagnate. I'm not going to stop. And I'm certainly not going to quit. You can't get me to quit. You can't get me to stop because it is not the will of God for me. What is the will of God for me to be thankful in the midst of every circumstance? And it is when times are tough, that's when you need to decide to be thankful. That's the thing that will pull you out. See, when we decide to wallow in it, has anyone ever wallowed in their junk? Has anyone ever had a pity party and just sat and is going to sit in it for a while? And I'm just feeling bad for myself because nobody loves me and nobody cares about me and nobody says the right words to me. And so I'm just going to sit over here and feel bad for myself. And you can do that if you want, but you're going to waste your life. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. It's all about moving forward. Prayer is all about going forward. God doesn't want us to stop moving our whole lives forward with prayer. Mark chapter 5. We're almost done. And I'm really excited. Okay, here we go. Mark chapter 5. This is a story about a woman who has bold perseverance. Now, this story should describe you. We're going to read about her. But this story is, should be about you, about an attitude that you should take up. Mark chapter 5, verse 24, and a great crowd followed him and thronged him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Everybody say 12 years. Maybe after a dozen years, you should just forget it. Maybe you just forget it. You know, don't worry about it. The dream that you had... 12 years just forget about it just give up don't worry about it quit asking quit seeking quit knocking it's 12 years it's been so long we could just give up verse 26 we had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse now listen if she had a consulted her circumstances to determine the will of God, she would have stopped. We don't consult our circumstances to determine the will of God. We don't look at my experience today and say, well, that must be the will of God. No, Jesus said to ask for thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Continuing to ask. We don't look at our present circumstances and decide, well, I guess this is the will of God for me. Because if this woman did that 
we wouldn't have this story, but she didn't do that. And neither should you, even though it's been 12 years. Even though it's been a really long time. Even though it looks like there is no change. Even though it looks like they keep saying no to God. We're going to keep asking. We're going to keep seeking. We're going to keep praying. No better. I mean, it's not that she didn't get incrementally better. She got incrementally worse. I mean, it wasn't like up and to the right. It was like negative, negative. She had heard the reports about Jesus. We could just stop there, but we won't. We'll read the rest of the story. But she heard about Jesus. She heard something about Jesus. And, and, and what, who is Jesus? He is our Savior. He's the one who saves us, helps us, even when it looks really bad, even though it looks really bad for a dozen years. She heard about Jesus. Came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. Is that the sound of somebody who's quitting? Is that the sound of somebody who's stopping? I'm going to cease asking. I'm going to quit knocking. I'm going to quit seeking the will of God. Because not only has it not got better for these last 12 years, it's actually going down. But if she had looked at her circumstances to decipher the will of God, she would have quit. But she didn't. She heard about Jesus. She said something and then she moved. She said something and then she moved. I, I prayed, but nothing seems to be happening. Well, do something. That could be a thousand and one different things. Don't stay here. And immediately a flow of blood dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him. Immediately turned about in the crowd. Who touched my garments? And the disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you. And you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Your faith has made you well. Luke 18 said, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? God's part is the timing. My part is the trusting. My part is the trusting. I'm just going to put my trust in him. I'm going to trust him. That he knows the timing better than I do. So I put my faith in him. And what do I do? I keep asking. And I keep seeking. And I keep knocking. Last verse, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold 
fast our confession. We're going to hold on to it. We're going to hold on to what we say. We're going to hold on to what we pray. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's just do that right now. God, we are so thankful for your word today. We're so thankful, Lord, that we can come with boldness, that we can come with confidence to you. So we just take a moment, Lord, to do that. We know that you hear us when we pray. Lord, we come with... Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca. Thank you.